John chapter 13. Last night's message that we had was very practical and to the point. To the point, specific. All right, and I think it's on the internet. So I'm wondering if everything I said on that was okay to put on the internet. If I'm going to have problems at the immigration passport control in the United States. <laughs> Um, John chapter 13, verse 1. And I'd like to talk about finishing well. How to finish your race well. John chapter 13, verse 1. And I'm going to read this from the Amplified. Now, before the Passover feast began, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and return to the Father. And as he had loved those who were his own in the world, he loved them to the last and to the highest degree. Знав, що настала година йому перейти до кінця з цього світу, полюбивши своїх, що на світі були до кінця полюбив їх. In the Greek language, it says that Jesus loved them to perfection. Сказано, що Ісус вилюбив їх до досконалості. It's a beautiful word, isn't it? That Jesus did not only love them to the end of the chronological time. But he loved them until they were mature. It's the same word that we find in John chapter 19, verse 31. When Jesus said, it is finished. It is perfected. Paul and many other men of God in the Bible talked about the faithfulness of God to bring us to the end. To the point where he completes the plan that he has for our lives. Somebody who has a driving spirit is a person that thinks that everything depends on him and without him nothing happens. But a person that has a dependent spirit on God is a person that understands that God has called them and that God will complete it. As a leader, whatever, wherever we are leading, um, we have to understand that it's God who has called us. 
And he will be faithful to bring it to pass. Uh, at lunch today, um, we're going to meet with the pastors and their assistants. And, and um, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. But look at Acts chapter 26 with me, verse 19. 26, verse 19. And what a beautiful day it is, isn't it? The sun is shining. Springtime in Lviv. Very beautiful. Acts 26, verse 19. Paul says to... King Agrippa, at the at near the end of his life. Oh, King Agrippa, I was I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And that was his confession at the end of his life. Paul prayed, and he said this that he would finish his course with joy. And so his great desire in his heart was that he would finish the race with joy in his heart. You know, uh, I don't know if you've ever raced or if you've ever been a race before, running or in competition. But when you cross the finish line, there's just this amazing feeling. How many of you have ever run a race or cycled or hiked or... And it was long, it was very long. How many of you have I used to run in marathons, short, not long marathons. Um, Ten feet. <laughs> two meter, two two meter marathons. <laughs> and um, when I cross the finish line, there's just that great, amazing sense of accomplishment. Wow, we've I finished. You know? And that is the steps, the way that Paul wanted to finish. He wanted to finish with joy. Some people finish their course with bitterness. Right? Anger. Disappointment. Um, sadness. Full of regrets. You know, that's... Think of people who are dying on their on their deathbed. And they say, oh, I wish I loved my family more. Oh, I wish I took more risks. Oh, I wish I did this. I wish I did that. But that's not God's will. Because every one of us could regret something at some point. The, the point is is that God is not looking for perfect, sinless people. 
God is looking for faithful people. Faithful, that's all. Just be faithful. And because we're not going to finish this race without any dirt on us. Yeah, we're going to have a little dirt on us. You know, it's not going to be perfect. We're not going to be like, you know, amazingly clean and no sweat. No stains. You know, when you watch a soccer game, now how many are watching these soccer games? Now, the Manchester and these guys. You got the Carpate. All right, all right. Uh, at the, the end of the game, right? There's people are very dirty, aren't they? I like to watch hockey. I like hockey. And right now is in the states is the Stanley Cup. It's the championships. And uh, hockey is a very, very brutal game. Very br brutal. Man. How many have watched hockey before? It's just a, it's an amazing game. There's blood is on the ice, broken teeth, people are fighting. You know, great game, very just great to take your wife to a game like that. Very romantic experience. Yeah, I remember one time we took some Polish guys to an American baseball game. Yeah, I mean, we, I think they stayed there for maybe one hour and then they left. They're like, when does the game start? <laughs> it's been, it's, it's been, it started an hour ago, you know. And uh, God is not looking for perfect people. God is looking for faithful people. And as I get older, and I'm very old, and uh, 1966, can you imagine that? What were you doing in 1966? That's my question. How many remember that year? Yuda Petrov remembers that. <laughs> 1966. Maybe, you know what? Maybe we don't want to remember that year. Maybe that's not good to remember that. Right, because uh, it's under the blood. Okay. God is looking for faithfulness. As I get older, you know what means a lot to me as a, as an individual. Um, faithfulness. That's important. You know, because there's many, many gifted people in the world, aren't there? Beautiful people. Rich. Fancy. Elegant. But give me the give me the give me the poor, dirty, faithful person. And and we can we can make some progress, right? 
Not the restaurant progress. Because you know something, the the elegance, the elegant, talented person, the intellectual, won't run the race with you to the end. At the end of the race, at the end of your life, at the end of your the end of the race, you look at the people that are around you. And who are they? Very simple, tired, beats, beat, beaten up people that love God and that want to love His Word. We want to we be faithful, don't we? We might die of heart attacks and clogged arteries. We might, we might die of, of some strange disease. But Lord... Let us be found faithful in the end. Because that's what matters. Amen? Faithfulness. And saying that, I want to say this, is that many people begin well. <clears throat> you know, maybe someone has marriage problems, or maybe someone has family and their problems in their family. Don't quit. Don't quit. Because if we quit, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beginning of a very bad habit in our life of quitting. Um, today, divorce is such an option for people. You know, even gay people get married and now they get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> this world is such is so messed up. There is a there's a there's a gay priest in I think it's the I don't know I may be mistaken but it's in a very large Protestant church in in, in America. And no, not a pastor but a priest. And he's gay and he just got divorced from his partner. So that's really great news. <laughs> this world is so sick. We, by the way, we don't believe in gay marriage. The Bible in Leviticus chapter 17 is very clear about that. And it, in America, it's getting, it's, it's crazy what's happening there now. It's unbelievable what's happening. But don't quit in your marriage. Don't give, don't quit in your job. Don't quit in your ministry. Don't quit in your walk of faith. Because, because faithful is he who has called you. <clears throat> who will also do it? He will do it. And if it doesn't look like it's happening, God will do it. If you're looking for a, a husband or if you're looking for a wife, then um, don't quit. Because God has a plan. Right? Amen? Why are you saying amen, Yura? You're already married. <laughs> amen. Don't give up in your 
walk of faith. Don't walk, don't give up with your kids. Because you know what's important for teenagers? They may have really crazy problems in their life. But what are they looking at? They're looking at the consistency of love. Because when they get through that turbulent time of the teenage years, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna say, "Mom and Dad love me," and they. Today, many people start well, but they don't finish well. It's very rare to find a leader who finishes well. That runs faithfully to the end. And that has grown in his potential and grown in his calling in ministry. Not a lot of leaders today can say, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. In 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. Out of 1,000 leaders, somebody did a study, and they looked at 1,000 leaders in the Bible. And about 49 of those leaders, we have a complete picture of their lives. And out of those 49 prominent leaders in the Bible, how many of them finished well? How many of them? This person says 30%. That means that 70% of leaders that begin well, they fall short of God's plan for their life. And this should be a statistic that really stirs us up and that wakes us up. Because the devil does not want any of us today to be a godly leader that has influence over other people's lives. <clears throat> because there's many times that the devil wants to discourage you and I. He wants to discourage us with money, with family difficulties, personal failures. Sometimes a person may look at themselves as a leader and say, and just really have a bad self-image of themselves. And they're very angry with themselves. And they don't, they don't remember John 13, verse 1. That, that Jesus will love them to perfection in their life. A man can be a person that doesn't love himself for many different reasons. And that is because maybe there are Maybe for many different reasons. We don't need to psychoanalyze that. But we look at it, we look at it this way, that Jesus loved Peter. 
Think of that. <clears throat> Jesus loved Peter. Peter was a, was a person that um, failed very often. But we see in the end of Peter's life, he was martyred for the faith. How do we finish well in our life? How do we cross that finish line and not quit? I think there's three, three main ways that we can finish well. And um, tonight, at the meeting tonight here when we meet, uh, I'd like to talk more about this. But number one, when we look at godly, effective people, when we look at them, not seeking, yeah, when we're looking at them, we see, number one, that they have a lifelong attitude of learning. Just students, all of their life. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 and 8, they had an attitude of where they were growing right to the very end of their life. <clears throat> and they were in a process of learning all the time. And because of that, because of learning, they grew. And their, they, their, they grew in their gifts, and they grew in their calling, and they grew in God's plan for their life. Sometimes after a person has had some type of success in their life, <clears throat> they stop growing. And they say, okay, I've done enough. But if we stop growing as a leader, then people that we are leading, are not, are, they are also going to be challenged to grow. <clears throat> because God wants to have the truth in the inward parts in Psalm 51. <clears throat> so that we grow in, the, in our character. <clears throat> Have a learning attitude. Uh, study. Grow. Um, learn. Ask other leaders, pastors, how, how are you doing it? Um, look for people that you can learn from that, are, that have a spiritual mind that have the mind of Christ. Uh, another, another, another thing, this is number two, and this is kind of similar to number one, is that um, people that grow have mentors. And I want to ask you today, uh, what is your plan for learning? What is it? Uh, maybe you have one, maybe you don't. But it's a good question. 
Like, okay, maybe you finished Bible school. What we were talking about yesterday at lunch um, is that, is that um, and we've been talking about it for a little while, but now we want to do it. Uh, we'd like to take our Bible schools in Ukraine and we'd like to take them to the next level. And we, not in Lvov, but like in Ukraine. And we'd like to take and have um, some of the classes online, live. Mm -hmm. Live. So that so that some of us that have finished Bible school can come and just and continue to grow. You know, Bible school is not just for new believers. But it's for all of us. And I think greater grace, one of the great things that God has given us by his grace is good teaching. And I think that we can make that more available. And, you know, each of the pastors, he has his own, he, every pastor should teach in his Bible school, like his own class. You know? And then there's, there can be other classes. And there can be also classes that are being broadcast live on the internet with, with a translation. And I think that that would be, I think that that would be good. What do you think about that? Why? Because we want to grow. We need to be mentored. Who is our mentor? You know, in my life, personally, there have been people that have mentored me. And then they left. They made decisions and went a different direction. And then I remember that happened to me one time. I just said, Lord, well, who, is, who is my mentor? I need to be mentored. And maybe this person is not physically present with me every day. But I want to be in contact with this person. Because I need a covering in my life. And it could be that many of you have finished Bible school. Some of you have been in Baltimore or have been to conferences. And, and your pastor is, is actually a very good friend of yours that you got saved with. And you know him very well. And the, the, the temptation could be is to become familiar with him. And to see him after the flesh. And the good thing that we have here is, is that we have um, the resources for people to uh, grow and look up and be mentored. 
Because no one can survive all by themselves. We need to be, we need each other. And we need to be fathered. We need a godly father in our life. When God called you, when God called you into the ministry, the first thing that we need to do is surround ourselves with mature godly people. And then also above us, uh, not us, we need to give them permission to correct us, to encourage us, and to counsel us. And to counsel us and to build us up. And that someone we can talk to about problems that we have. There's a, there's a, there can be a situation in some organizations where there's not the environment of God's love and not the environment of encouragement. And these leaders grow up in the organization. With no relationship with their mentor, with no relationship with the leadership. And so they don't have the freedom to be honest and to be genuine and to be authentic with them. And so if they develop a personal problem, then they don't, they don't talk to anybody about it. And it just they have this problem. And as they grow, and they become, they, they take on more and more responsibility in the organization, in the church. What happens is, is that they can no longer manage their problem. And then they fail. That's so sad to see that. Kefir. Mm. Ukrainian kefir. The elixir of life. Isn't that, isn't that a sad situation? People grow up in an organization and they don't have anyone to talk to. Because they say, because, because if it's not an environment of love and grace and encouragement, and I'm having a problem, I'm afraid I'm going to be judged. They're going to reject me or disqualify me and not love me anymore. That's so sad. And that kind of an organization does not have real, honest people in it. We want to have a mentor that disciples us. And that, that can encourage us, that, can, that we can call up and say, you know what, I'm, I'm struggling with something, can you help me with something? And that's not, it's not wrong. To say it's not wrong to ask for help. There was a there was a puzzle that my wife gave me, and it was these all these nails like these, 
like I think nine of them. And you were supposed to put all of these nails on top of like a small peg. So that they were all sitting on the peg balancing, you know? And uh, my wife said, figure this out, and she left. She went to the store. And, um, and so three minutes I tried to do it. And then I Googled. I went to Google. <laughs> How do you do this puzzle? <laughs> and of course, somebody on Google had the answer. <laughs> and I put it all together. <laughs> My wife came home. And I go, honey, look what I did. <laughs> and she goes, did you ask for help? And I said, Yes. She goes, perfect. That was the goal of the puzzle. To ask for help. And I was like, of course. I knew that. <laughs> it's okay to ask for help because none of us are independently omniscient in our life. Be mentored. Mentor, be mentored. And then the third, the third thing is, and this is very important, is that there are that there would be times in our life where we have renewal, spiritual renewal, renewal. Jesus went away sometimes to the mountain and prayed. And he was renewed. Uh, we go to conferences and we get renewed. Uh, we have like times like this where we get renewed and encouraged. Uh, sometimes I've heard of some pastors, some leaders, and not only pastors, but I've heard women do this too. That they they leave for three days to a hotel room by themselves and they pray and they just pray and they see God's face Billy Graham did that before his ministry began he went away and he sought the face of the Lord for three three days for I think it was I think it was actually two weeks and he was there and I think the third or fourth day he just had this um, amazing time of prayer and God really spoke to him. In Romans chapter 12 we need to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. And that's also in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Be renewed. I believe it's verse 13 in the spirit of your mind. I don't think I got the verse right, but be renewed in the spirit of your minds. We are not only intellectual people. We also have a spirit in our minds. And that needs to be renewed. And uh, when we are renewed, all of our discipline, all of our habits, 
all of our convictions are, are re-energized lastly I just want to say this is that when people are very very busy in the ministry it's possible that if they're not renewed then they can drown in their own success and they can do so many things because God has gifted them and when they do that and they do things because they're gifted then people will demand more of them and if they, if they continue this way then they can burn out without being renewed it's very important that we do not demand things from people because they're gifted people in Philadelphia in our church uh, we have a woman that's our song leader and very gifted singer very, she's written 400 songs songs and uh, before she was in our church she was going to another church that demanded a lot of from her and she, and she just was not able to fulfill all of their demands and, uh, and she came to our church and we really needed a worship leader and I said to her and she said I, I can help you I said, I said I said I just want you to do lead worship twice a month that's all because I don't want you to feel like you have to do this all the time and, and that really was for her very great because she didn't have the pressure of being a talented and now she is so available to do so much more and I just want to actually just want to finish this like, and actually I said there's three things but there's really four the, the fourth thing is this that Paul had been and I'm going to finish now thanks for your concentration uh, don't drift away Stay focused just for a couple more minutes. Paul said in, after 20 years, 21 years of being in the ministry, think of that, Paul was, a, was in the ministry ministering for 21 years. The average leader doesn't even last 10 years in the ministry. Doesn't last 10 years. Ten. Imagine that, huh? They quit. They, they become like a public speaker or a, a motivational, inspirational speaker. 
or a teacher or a football coach or something else or they write books about success you know and then you find out later that they, you find out later that this person was a pastor you know? I know that I know this one guy and you probably know him too and I met him I met this person I'm so important because I met this person <laughs> no I'm not important uh, and he was you know he, he writes books about leadership and uh, I asked him I said what you know I said, and, and uh, I said so what did you do before he said I was a pastor a pastor of a church and I just I just thought wow that's so interesting you know that's a pastor of a church and now he's a writer of books about leadership okay you know people can do that but I wonder you know if being a pastor with so much spiritual warfare in your life if it would be easier to leave the pulpit and just write books Paul said that for after 21 years he said this he said this in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 27 he said this I beat my body and I make it a slave so that after I have preached to others I myself will not be disqualified for the prize do you want to read it? 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27 and we'll close with that 1 Corinthians 9 verse 27 That's important, isn't it? Discipline. Having a discipline in our life. So that a pastor can be a pastor or a leader can be a leader for 20 years but still have this attitude that I, have, I will have discipline and I will keep my appetites and my body under subjection. And still and not be disqualified. How many people in the Bible uh, in the middle of their in the middle of their ministry, in the middle of their calling, they they made a bad decision. And it just disqual it disqualified them. And that is something that we want to always keep in mind that our discipline that we have. Not for ourselves and for our own righteousness, but for other people. My disciplines is not for myself first, but it's for other people. Because I'm leading, you're leading, you are leading people. And people see your discipline. And they are inspired by it. They are encouraged by it. They are, they are, they, they, and they, and then 
you become their mentor. And that's why we don't quit. We do not quit. And 15 years after Paul said that, he was 65 or 70 years old, Paul said the same thing to Timothy. Train yourself. Be in training. Have discipline. And you'll finish well. Maybe we don't finish the fastest runner. Maybe we don't finish as the most intelligent person. Maybe we don't finish as the most gifted speaker or the most powerful, influential person. We finish. And Jesus says what? Good and good, well done, thou good and. Virne, faithful. Not successful. Not talented. Not rich. <laughs> not, maybe not even super healthy. But you finished. Faithful. Amen. I, I just finished with one story. I, I, met, I met one one young man from Africa, from Nigeria. Uh, here in Ukraine uh, a while ago and he asked me about our Bible school and I said you know I said why you know that's interesting I, you know why would you like to go to Bible school and he said because I want to because I want to become a pastor I said why do you want to be a pastor he says I want to become a pastor go to America start a church and be very rich. <laughs> I go, what? He said, yeah, because all the pastors in America are very rich, very popular, and a lot of people follow them and they drive nice cars. Said <laughs> I said, I don't know if you're going to be able to, I don't know if that's going to happen. And I said, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so I told you that story because... <laughs> because um, we can finish well with the grace of God that keeps us. Amen? Because Jesus loves us to the end. To the point where we are completed in Christ. Amen? And he'll do it for your family too. You know, it may not be immediate, but it'll happen. Amen. So let's close in prayer. Father, thank you, God, for your faithfulness in our life.